Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode. Uh, This one is with world champion and all-round human champion, I guess you could say. One of my favorite dudes in the industry, Mr. Ben Townley, uh, New Zealand's favorite son. Uh, We caught up uh, on the Friday before the Supercross in New Zealand and we wanted, we had like a whole thing planned. Uh, Ben's running uh, his uh, bike tour company now. Basically, you can go over there. Ben will pick you up from the airport. uh, Then he'll drive you to his place. He's got accommodation. He's got these sick KTM 350s. Then he takes you riding on motocross. He does trail rides. It's it's epic. So we were going to do that, uh, but it, the plans just kind of changed a little bit. But I still am 100% going to do that. It's on, on my bucket list. Uh, if you follow Ben on Instagram, you would have seen some of the epic stuff that him and the dudes get up to. Um, and with Ben, there's no, like, there's no ego with him at all. It's not like... Uh, he doesn't have any sort of distance or that kind of stuff that you might expect from like an ex world champion. He's sort of just in there hanging out with everyone. Um, and he's, he's a super cool dude. And, and I really am excited to go and experience the full, uh, effect of, of a Ben Townley tour in New Zealand. So hopefully like early next year, I think we're going to try and make that happen. Um, so yeah, we had that sort of plan. It fell through, but we still really wanted to catch up for a chat. So we set up in the, uh, I can't remember the name of the building now, but it was this crazy big building in New Zealand where the uh, AME boys were throwing a bit of a shindig for all the riders before the Supercross. So we caught up for an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, I think we could have done this podcast for like five hours. Uh, ben has so many cool stories. He's done so much. He's such a nice guy. He's so open and honest um, and is, yeah, he's like the dream dream podcast guest so we were gonna try and like maybe finish this thing but I just thought you know what it's so good uh I'm just gonna put it out and then we'll catch up again uh to do another one of these when I go over and do the uh Ben Townley motorcycle tour uh deal that he has got going on so yeah, uh, if you do want to check that out, just search Ben on uh, on Instagram. He's got all the links and stuff uh, to his tours uh, on his Instagram page. 
but yeah this this was a really cool podcast this was a really fun one to do like i said we could have just gone for hours and hours so uh this will be part one with an open-ended part two that we're going to try and bring you uh as soon as it kind of lines up if you've been listening for a while we've been doing this for a year now which is crazy uh you will know that i am a mad frother of a boost mobile um if you're listening to this in australia you can go to boost.com.au and if you listen to this in the u.s they are in the u.s as well um but obviously i do my stuff here in oz so i am now running that's the new 70 dollar prepaid plan which gives you 75 gig of data um this is what we streamed the Australian Supercross podcast on and is more data than you will know what to do with. So it's insanely good value. Uh, that's what I'm running right now. And if you live in Australia, that is what you should be running as well. Uh, also, a massive shout out to the guys at Nobby Underwear. Uh, join the Nobby Nation at nobbyunderwear.com.au. $20 a month will get you a fresh set of duds every single month and it will be a design that you haven't seen. It's a nice little present every single month. I definitely look forward to it. Uh, and this month, December, is a freaking banger. It's uh, by far my favorite design yet and a perfect time to sign up uh, or sign up your mate for Christmas or your mum or your dad. They do all sorts of stuff that will rip your head off. Uh, also, I need to give a shout out to the guys at mcas.com.au. They're one of Australia's biggest online motorcycle retailers. And right now they are having a ridiculous Christmas sale. Uh, You can save up to 69% across everything store-wide. And then if you type in Gypsy Gang, all caps, you'll get a further 5% off all of those purchases, including the stuff that's already marked down. Uh, One of the banger deals going right now is 50% off Renthal Twin Walls. And then they're doing 20% off the Bell Moto 9 MIPS Torch Helmet. also a big thanks to our homies at rival inc uh some of the coolest graphics i think in the industry and we are about to launch a collab with those guys Uh, so very soon you'll be able to order your own gypsy tales graphics kit uh it is new bike season and if you have just got yourself a fresh 2019 uh or you're looking for a new graphics kit maybe you got some new sponos new race number Maybe you're sporting a number one plate because you cleaned up this year. Uh, you can head to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, go through. You can order uh, completely custom graphics kits, uh, seat covers, plastics, uh, or you can choose from. Uh, they're all already done designs. Uh, and if you type in Gypsy Tales in all caps, uh, you are going to get 15% off your order uh, so massive thank you to the boys at Rival Inc Design Co uh, they jumped on board with us at the Supercross uh, for our live podcast and they're continuing their support um, so support the peeps that support us that is it from me on the sponsor side of things uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Gypsy Tales Podcast uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, we're posting uh, the videos this video is already on YouTube for this Ben Townley podcast uh, and yeah leave us a review on iTunes if you can I think that helps with uh, just like the general visibility uh, and stuff like that so that all helps thanks again everyone for listening and enjoy this podcast with Mr. Ben Townley that's it, we're on. Like that? Yeah, bro. You'll, you'll like, oh, actually, yeah. I've fucking only got one pair of headphones, so you won't hear the difference. I was going to say you can hear the difference, but you won't. So, All right? Yeah, you're good. Sweet.
Cheers, mate. Yeah. Welcome to NZ. I know, man. Jeez, this is maybe one of the crazier uh, venues that we've recorded the podcast in. Better than being at a hotel room at the airport, right? Mm. <laughs> Dude, the, um, the old hotel airport isn't the nicest place I've stayed but um, yeah this place I've is stayed in, I've stayed in a couple of those before in my time at the airport mm. um, yeah this is uh, this is nice where for people that are listening just on iTunes um, we're here for the set the scene yeah we're gonna set the scene so what are they what are they calling this the SX Open Auckland yes yeah SX Open Auckland alright so yeah. we're at the SX Open Auckland um, the AME boys as they do round two yeah round two of the FIM Oceania Okay, so the boys have got a series. Yeah, no, yeah, fair play to them, eh? Yeah, man, they're killing it. Yeah. So we're there, um, and we're up in the Sky Tower. We're on the 50th floor, and we're looking over. Is that like the Auckland Harbour? What do we call that? Yeah, mate, that's uh, that's a viaduct. Yep. Off to the right, uh, Auckland Harbour Bridge in the distance. We're about um, almost bang on the nose north through there. Yeah. Tell you what. It's turning it on for us, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. There's a, um, I don't know how to explain it, but a building out there is where the America's Cup sitting right now, mate. Oh, really? Yeah, Just oldest sporting trophy in history. Steeped in history is <laughs> Auckland. So I'll be right. and 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 we've got some of New Zealand's finest, mate, it's in good. our hand. It's yeah. good ice cream too. Yeah, not bad, eh? Bloody first for everything on this. Not bad. Um, yeah, so I'm glad to get you on, man. It's um, it's been like a little bit in the making we were trying to do a trip um at the start of the year but it just sort of hasn't worked out everyone's been crazy busy but i'm still going to do the ben townley what, what is it the ben townley riding experience ben townley tours ben townley tours so how long has that been going um it looks like it's been going all right eight months now uh just i mean just getting started really it's been the idea of doing something with dirt bikes uh, has been a long time in the making for me. Mm. It sort of has gone from, you know, I guess one product to another product to finally what it is now in terms of um, what I initially thought it could be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess for me now it was about, well, I got to a point and I really wasn't achieving what I wanted to as a racer, dragging my family all over the world and, and decided it was time to, you know, cement my roots. But I didn't want to stop <laughs> stop racing and riding yeah and couldn't really earn a living uh racing in new zealand so it was about how was the best possible way for me to be able to continue riding as much as possible mm. and, and this is yeah what i came to with this with this product this business really so and new zealand's a place where that people always want to come to it's such a massive destination for mountain bikes like you look at rotorua and then people always talk about the riding in New Zealand. You guys have got so much public land that you guys can basically do whatever you want on. Mm. Um, so I guess it makes sense to fill that, I guess, moto thing because I didn't know of any sort of tours or anything like that operating before yeah. I heard about yours. It's uh, the best way to describe it and the way that you were talking about for people like coming here on holiday is it's, it's a bucket. New Zealand is a bucket list trip. You know, mm. like I was actually just sitting with someone earlier today uh, from the Auckland Council, um, and they they sort of make decisions for events like what we're seeing here this weekend. And and we were discussing, you know, when people come to New Zealand, it's a place that they've they've got on their list of places mm. to go. And I guess for me, I already uh, 
the idea was born from I heard that from so many fans across the world. Yeah, and I was right. like, well, you know, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that ride dirt bikes. You know, I want a few people to come each year and experience doing that with me in New Zealand. So, and it's got to be um, like the chance to come and ride with a guy like yourself that's been on the world stage for so long like you'd have to be considered as one of the greats really <laughs> i don't um, know about that well for sure like dude for sure you would like if you look at the the company that you kept in terms of like you, you know one of the most epic seasons of all time with villapoto in 2007 it was it seven or eight yeah seven, seven right yeah, yeah. and then obviously you and stefan everts um when he was in his heyday winning his sort of last championships obviously the battles that you had with um with josh yeah so it's yeah. like i mean whether you consider it yourself uh, one of the greats or not you are <laughs> like you're in you're in that company you know yeah i guess i don't plus to do everything that you did in europe and then you went and you translated that to the u.s you won an east coast supercross title yeah no nah, thank you shit, i mean bro. I am I am proud of what I what I achieved, but I'm also um, uh, disappointed of what I didn't mm. achieve as well. You know, I, I had I set high standards and I fell short of a lot of that, which I'm I'm sure we'll talk about in, mm. um, over the course of this. But I guess for me, it's not about so much about people riding with me. You know, like, like I'm I'm there. Don't get me wrong. Like that's why I did it because I want to go riding and I yeah. still enjoy riding so much. But it's about giving people that experience in New Zealand on a dirt bike mm. you know and one of my on my website it's BT's ultimate tour is, is one of the tours that I really want to push and that's just coming over getting on a getting on a plane being here for a, a minimum five days getting four days where you ride both trail and moto because I feel like uh, trail riding in New Zealand is is uh, how do you explain it's new age It's re- it is really new age like a lot of trails in New Zealand are pushed in by by man-made machines, you know. Or the man-made trails, sorry, by machines. Whereas, you know, so the rest of the world does sort of just sort of like... Single track. Single kind track of kind of stuff, you know. Mm. Yeah, the stuff I'm, you I'm arrive when the, you come, man, it's like... Dude, I've been looking at the Instagram. It's like, epic. <laughs> yeah, since you told me yeah. about it and I've been sort of following along on your Instagram, like I've been paying a little bit more attention to the, yep. the terrain and stuff because obviously we've spoken about it. I'm like, dude, this looks fucking unreal. Yeah, it, it like, really I gonna, is. I wanted to bring my dad as well because yeah. my dad's like an old trail rider and that. And it's cool too that like the whole trail thing's coming back heavy, man. Yeah. Like in... Um, obviously you would have seen like the transmoto events that they do yep. yeah yep. like yep. those yep. eight hours and yep. six hours and stuff dude they're the biggest events in australia well you know like um in terms of off like dirt bikes and you know off-road riding you know trail running is massive and like per, ca- per capita new zealand would have the most amount of off-road riders in the world i'm i'm, I'm sure of it you I'd, know? Ha- I'd have to think so yeah. too like but on any given weekend we you know 52 weekends a year now you can drive any direction on a Sunday or Saturday or mainly a Sunday morning and just see bikes going every direction on the road. That's and when crazy. I was a kid, everyone went to the same place, you know, and now mm. there's just that many riding options now, you know, so. But you guys have, like, some crazy laws around um, the whole public lands thing. So I've had um, Adam Greentree on the podcast, and he's, like, a bow hunter, and he does his crazy trips dude to new zealand yeah and right. he goes and hunts tar and stuff up in the like up in the, Southern in the highlands yeah, and yeah, that yeah and yeah. um and man like he said like you literally can just do what you want on on these public lands yes yeah, so in dock australia land we man call, like, dock land we call that yeah, okay you yeah. just yeah you just can't do shit in australia it's crazy yeah yeah 
No, I just, I mean, my product. <laughs> no, you're good. Don't worry about it. My product right now is, uh, my product right now is a little bit different in that respect. Like I'm, I'm more based on moto and trail mm. options with a trailer, but you know, my end goal is to be that real adventure ride, you know, and, and, and get into that where you just, you land, you're on that on that adventure bike and you ride that the whole time until you get back on a plane that's and like, ultimately what, you mean what like, I want like packing with like camping and like having everything on your back oh, or I, I would you have like a support vehicle yeah yeah. Cause so the first couple the I did was with support vehicle mm. um, but I want it to be what whatever that guest wants to do like yeah. I really want to be flexible in that in that respect you know Yeah. so um, there's still a lot to learn you know like because you've taken it sort of slow, right? Like yeah, you've, yeah, you've, yeah. You're trying Big to do time. it right because... Yeah. Um, Big time. It, it, Man, especially too, like there'd be extra pressure because it's Ben Townley, you know? I feel like there is. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like there is. People have super high standards. Yeah, and, and I have high standards of myself and that's the reason I've, I have like, uh, you know, obviously got real good quality bikes. And KTM plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KTM 350s and, and I am just make sure that everything I do, accommodation, food you know travel everything's done well because Mm -hmm. i i feel like uh i want that good experience i want i want a customer or guest to have that good experience so then they go back and and there's never a real negative about it that's yeah and the only thing you cannot control in new zealand is the weather weather. yeah as we're about to see tomorrow (laughs) tell you it's gonna be good trust me you reckon yeah you don't think it's gonna rain not for the event it's not gonna yeah no. yeah yeah I, well the boys today were saying that they've got tarps and everything ready to go like mm. they got most of the track built today the, I think the real problem with Supercross is when you're building it in the wet exactly and then the, yeah. but you just can't get a base down so yeah. if they can get a base down and the, it was pretty dry today when you what guys were out there yeah. went hard man yeah it was super dry and hard yeah so um, which would be good for that 350 eh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Are you tripping on riding that that yeah. uh, the race? How are you feeling? Are you confident? Because oh, no, it's I'm you a, and Ronnie, right? I, uh, so yeah, you, me, you just got to beat Ronnie. Yeah, I just got to beat Ronnie. The best yeah. of all time to ever do it, arguably. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we went on radio this morning, eh, and the guys like they don't they, they wouldn't don't, get it. Eh? it well, no, no, they don't know much about dirt bikes. So, and here, mine, he probably is the best of all time. Like no one's ever been. <laughs> no, nah, it's uh, yeah, it should be good. Um, I to be honest, I've been really looking forward to it. I've enjoyed until today. Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm, <laughs> I've enjoyed like really working with uh, Adam and Ryan. They, you know, they've what they've achieved. I think with, before the race has even the gates have even dropped, Dude. has been massive for our sport. Massive. Like you guys have seen that over a number of years already, but to, for our sport to see it, um, yeah, it, it's it's huge, man. I've been involved this whole week. I flew up here Tuesday evening. And it's like been Wednesday morning, Wednesday midday, Wednesday Arvo, same through Thursday. Now we're into Friday. I'm pretty tired. Like it's been, it has been pretty full on. It's been awesome. I've I've enjoyed it, but I think for the most part, the biggest thing that I'm proud of is that we're getting to the mainstream, and mm. that's never happened, never happened. So that's for me. That's gonna open doors, open other channels for our sport. Because like you're in the industry here. Like you're a guy that with yeah. the importer for Troy Lee and like, yeah, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because. But I mean, in terms of like the big picture, right? Like it helps everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah, big picture. But the big picture for me is at the moment, like our 
we don't have any like the, the next generation just mm. it just never happened it really hasn't like Josh and I were, were probably gaining quite uh, yeah. consistent mainstream exposure yeah and we and weren't even stopped. in the country type of thing you know we were based overseas and then it's just fallen off the radar fallen it's off crazy, the map eh? big time yeah so for me that's my big driver of being involved is I really want to see our sport get back on the map Mm. And and we don't have any like that. We don't have that one or two marquee riders right now. Mm. So like now it's come down to having an event as the driver. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably gonna help leverage the sport a lot further potentially. Oh, I see it. Well, that's 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 why I'm doing it. Yeah. And I oh man, I I think you're totally right, dude. Like there's such a trickle down effect, and I mean we've kind of like me and Sleeter talked about it in the last podcast and then me and Chad talked about it which that one isn't out yet but there's a huge hole man like dude when I was a kid I watched your season in 04 mm-hmm. where you Josh and Stefan battled I had that you know the DVD that the yeah. MX dude yeah. I watched that thing maybe 3,000 times and it's like not even an exaggeration like that and then the great outdoors and then bar to bar 04 that yeah, was like yeah, yeah. on constant rotation in my house and it's like what do kids have now that is that equivalent yeah right and it's like even um like we we were the chad reed ben townley josh coppins stefan everts ricky carmichael james stewart generation yeah right yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like it's like people have these um errors in say like music right mm-hmm. so it's like you listen to you know list your top five bands that you listen to as a kid yeah and then it's like imagine if that stops and then your kids don't have music to listen to that's kind of what's happening i'm at that point right now right now so i've got those i've got those well i got three kids but those two boys right Mm. and they don't have that like it's crazy you know like reedy obviously he's still yeah he's still racing but he's not like but it, you know? It's different to when, like, every single weekend, man, yep. you're putting on your Chad Reed pajamas and you're yep. sliding into your Chad Reed bedspread. And, and I don't know what that's like because I wasn't here when I was a racer, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, you know, so, like, I, I hear people tell me. That but you now, were that for them. Yeah, exactly. But now I'm watching my kids and we you need that, man. Dude. You need you need that. Like, that's like a, gives you that... Um, that, it's an aspiration, right? Aspiration. It's That's something the word, to yeah. like look yeah. towards. And like Chad was a dude from Curry Curry. Yeah. You're just a guy from New Zealand. You're yeah. battling like the world's best yeah. guys. And then like I had that my whole so life. So go back to what we're talking about. That's why I'm doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that. And it's yeah. it's interesting that you just said that. Um, now we don't have marquee riders, so we need a marquee event yeah. because I think that an event is the same thing in a way because it gives you something to aspire to. That's exactly right. So my, you know, um, we talk a lot about don't I don't want people to take it out of context because I'm not fucking Tony Alessi, you know. Yeah, to, no, I know. But yeah. if I if I talk about my son, he's he's like going to sit in the stands tomorrow evening and watch just be so inspired yeah he is so inspired and there's there's a heap of kids because like, I'm obviously at the races a lot now with my son mm. there'll be a heap of those kids and I hope that out of I don't know there might be 5,000 kids there tomorrow night hopefully in 10 years time you know those we'll be having Mount Smart and we'll be having a, there'll be a marquee rider yep. from New Zealand racing in New Zealand yep. that would be to me Hopefully, I've done a little piece mm. to, to help the sport. Not, man, for sure, you like you do. If if people invest in these events the way they do, and I mean the the thing with AME 
and Sando and Bailey is like dude I've known Bailey since I was like 17 18 years old mm. and like he was just a dude trying to get gear deals and shit for Cam Sinclair <laughs> and it's like the, we've got a really good chance here with those guys because they know the industry and like you know yourself with like Feld in the US like they kind of don't care like if they don't sell out if like Supercross goes to shit and the whole industry falls apart guess what there's yeah. now 27 monster truck stops and an extra five Nemo and Ices yeah. and it just replaces it Absolutely. like it, it sort of doesn't matter whereas to these guys like it does matter yeah. and I think sure. that you know hopefully they're planning like more stops kind of around Australasia or whatever and it's like we can really um, you know yeah have that bar to where it's like you do aspire to that because I think that like nowadays the world's like a smaller place it is for it sure definitely, yeah yeah but at the same time like i could see it's still being like a reach for kids like your boys that i mean different for them i guess because they knew you did it but if it's like if you don't have those people that because like for me with chad reed i was like oh i'm an aussie kid he was an aussie kid yeah and then same with Meddy, same with burner same with even ando yeah, 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 so yeah. it's like if they can do it i can do it Sure. But it's like if we... But that's the aspiration, exactly. eh? Having that, yeah. And, it, and if you don't have... And it's even like... So I think the international stuff is like super far away, right? So you kind of need the riders to, that are representing where you're from to make it click in your head that it's possible. Yeah, but definitely. But in yeah. terms of like the close stuff, like, you know, Mount Smart Stadium, like a kid can now... Like, you're right, man. There's going to be kids in that stadium tomorrow night. Yeah that their dream as of tomorrow night yeah. will change or they, they can connect the dots and it will from be there. like mum I'm going to I'm going to race in Mount yeah. Smart Stadium one year yeah and and we unfortunately there's um, there's too many naysayers that don't believe that's important but mm. it is man like it's you know so like, important. It's, it's so important for our sport to grow you've got to have either that pinnacle event or, or that pinnacle rider yeah. um, for us to grow and um yeah that's it's a really interesting one you know like uh new zealand there's there's so much so much of it is volunteering you know yeah. there, there isn't uh, professional race promoters like what amer uh, at all but uh i think we still can set the standard and set the bar really high and i hope that i hope that we can keep the momentum going from this i'm certainly going to push real hard mm. after this and it's definitely inspired me even and and i i don't think i even needed more inspiration yeah. but it's definitely has inspired me and we haven't even gone to the event yet you know so yeah and there's a buzz man and like even the way that they treat the guys like dude riders will want to come to this event well, too i just had this i just had this exact conversation with a marquee rider i'm not gonna say his name because i don't want to get him in trouble yeah. like the way that Amy do it, man, like it's just like guys are gonna go back and they're and gonna they're talk gonna about say, it. It's, you it's have gonna, to go. It's gonna spread like wildfire, man. Yeah, and they're gonna keep growing, and that's because they're doing a good job and they care about the riders. And and like I don't really give a shit because I, you know, like I'm not a racer anymore. Without the riders, you ain't got no show. No, nah, man. And that's what it comes down to, and they really do care about them, and they're, they're putting effort into 
into making that, and you see that, you feel that, like mm. you just said, like the, the atmosphere and 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 like even the way the boys are like constantly on social media, yeah. they're constantly like tagging the event, and it's like those dudes don't have to do that shit. Mm. Then yeah. when do you see anyone tag Feld? Yeah, yeah. No one tags Feld, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like the few dudes that they actually probably pay, and they're paying yeah, for them exactly. to do it. Like you can tell, no, like, not they're not even front runners in the sport anymore. They're like has been well not has been yeah but, you yeah. Know, yeah but it, it is crazy but again it's because they are one of us and like they know what one thing i guess is um is a little bit different is is for ame they can they can beat to their own drum a little bit mm. as opposed to felt like they're under a pretty strict well it's, it's the world championship company you know too. what i mean like it's the world championship it has to be done in that in yeah that, that that shape and form whereas AME sort of you know beats their own drum a little bit there and I think that allows them to for us to have that the rider relationship prom, mm. a rider promoter relationship uh, a little better well, a lot better yeah definitely <laughs> yeah how so. um how serious are your boys about racing do they love it man because like, even so to, for context so we we're going to do this Sunday and then you're like well if we could do this today because I want to take my boys riding Sunday yeah so that made me think that they're pretty into it oh not not in the respect that um, I want to be out there like like putting a stopwatch on them. Tony Alessi and them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nah, more in the respect that like they just love I it. I don't eh? really let them ride a lot during the weeks. Mm. So like we sort of make um, a couple of Sundays a month. We we make sort of priority to go riding because because they really do love it. Yeah. They really do. And I guess I was just telling uh, telling a mate before earlier like I love seeing that that passion. Uh, and come out in them like they really have that same buzz that I had when I was a yeah, kid. You know, you know what that buzz is. Oh man, you know it's like it's as good as any drug, eh? Dude, like there's a. It's funny because I'm actually going through it again now with jujitsu. Okay, and it's yeah. like, and I I sort of actually posted about it the other day. I know maybe I, I spoke about it with Sleeter because he he raced, but then like he won world champions, like he beat Josh at the vet worlds and stuff yeah, like yeah. that as like a 35 plus year old guy yeah and i was just saying like it's funny when something bites you it just takes all of you eh? and for me man motocross was like dude the reason i'm sitting here doing this podcast is because of that bug in motocross i knew i wasn't ever going to be fast enough to win a world title but i was like i'll want to take this as far as i can take it that's that's the wicked thing about dirt bikes is the buzz that you got get riding or got riding dirt bikes is no different to my same, buzz. It's, yeah. You know, like, it, it's just the same thing. Yeah. And that's what I love about seeing my boys ride. You know, like, I I, I, I guess in one respect, I'm fortunate that I can help them in yeah. terms of, you know, like, from my experiences. But on the other, you know, on the other hand, like, you know, there's probably a little bit of pressure and, and whatnot. And with the tally name on the bullshit back that yeah. comes with it, which I, I don't like that part of it. But in terms of just them enjoying it and getting that buzz, I love that. And I love doing it with them and seeing yeah. the little milestones they make, you know, goals they set. You know, we, where I'm from in Taupo, uh, they raced the winter series, and my son is on a 65, my oldest son's on a 65. and he started clearing a few bigger jumps you know yeah. and he's like you'll leave you'll leave there on a sunday and there isn't a race till like 
four weeks later and he's talking on Monday about how he wants to jump this next jump and yeah it's cool I, I do really like that that side of it I love that side of it actually was your dad a big part of taking you racing when you were a kid oh massive yeah okay. our whole family yeah. and like we're doing the same thing now you know like with so is my your, wife. your old boy still involved yeah in yeah he he actually sick. like still comes and because I, I still like to ride yeah so he'll look after all our Stealing bikes your and, and yeah, as well. no, it's sick. cool and it's really cool because it is it is what we did as a family you know yeah. my sister as well and she'll probably tell you she hated it but as much as as much as she hated it she, you know we did it as a family and we did so much as a family like well you know what it's like yeah. i mean you the travel you guys would have had to do for where you lived oh, eh? we, we didn't have anywhere that extent of travel but we still did it all as a family and, and that's what you know what i'm doing with my family now and it's cool i really i think you know the relationships that you that you friendships you make out of in a relationship you lifelong have a lifelong eh? yeah it's, it's crazy like even my dad drove down to a, a um, fight with me the other day we drove eight hours down and then you know he doesn't know anything about it like to him it's like real foreign yeah and yeah. um and it was funny like he was like i had one division that was in like the gi and then the next division was in no gi so it's just like a rashy and board shorts and he's like you could, he was filming my fights and he was like oh it's real different you know like you can he's trying to get into it in the same way yeah and right. it's cool because it's like you know when like you said man from cans like we did the sunny states so we drove from Cairns to Brisbane every second week yeah, right. for like eight rounds or whatever it was. And it was like dad would knock off work early on a Thursday. He'd load our trailer and our van up and then he'd drive all through the night and then he'd sleep while we did practice and then get up for the races. We'd race, pack up, go oh, home night. and he's back at work on Monday. Yeah, that's gnarly, it's man. It's savage, man. Yeah. But it's like, it, it. you know, he loved it. He yeah. still loves it. Yeah, like he still comes out yeah. to all the... You know, like we do the Transmoto six hours now. My brother does Hadar, Fink. Like he wrenches for Toby. He does the Nationals for Jats. Like there's just something about, you know, the people, the friendships that you make. Yeah. And, and because it's it's a hard sport yeah, as well. Yeah, it is, and it's yeah. like when something's... Think when something's so hard and you know how hard it is, you really form bonds with people that push through that same yeah. adversity kind it's, of thing it's a lot of satisfaction eh? mm. a huge amount of satisfaction for sure and i can't imagine what it's like to watch your kids succeed uh i yeah i mean I, to be honest i haven't really experienced like levi and jagger they they've done well but not i mean they're not racing too seriously yet but um, i mean even like you said the personal milestone yeah that, like, that's it the doesn't, part it yeah, doesn't matter whether yeah. it's a world championship or a yeah, you know, clearing yeah, a tabletop yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. like a seeing them yeah yeah get that satisfaction is is also personal satisfaction yourself but i think um i was just uh, how we got started on this and how you're talking about going riding on sunday I, I said to my wife just recently lucy i said you know we need to be careful like that just just like buzzing just on the sport at the, the moment the time, yeah. yeah and i want to keep that balance you know yeah that's um for me that's really important i think that's probably what i had because because i obviously came from a background a family that had no idea of the sport you know it was fairly mm. well balanced yeah to a certain point and then you like had they to didn't get, let you just go all in because they nah, didn't even really understand well, it didn't really know any different you know yeah. there's just a learning process along the way whereas i could easily go every weekend type of thing you yeah. know and go all and let them ride five days a week yeah, and yeah, have yeah. three practice bikes and <laughs> exactly man. it's uh yeah i exactly. mean you, you see so much these days with kids though 
where like they do get the full mini dad treatment yeah they've got all the bikes they've got like you know how many times in america did you see like full-blown rvs rock up at tracks for kids on 65s yeah mate yeah yeah and it's like how many of them kids are racing pro yeah exactly mate yeah oh without a doubt you know like um and i feel like a lot of that uh leads to burnout for those kids as well that there's so much there's so much much investment um and then with that investment you know comes time and then the pressure just escalates man and then because kids know oh of course oh yeah it's just you know you feel it it's just you can feel you know that through through um emotion you know and uh yeah i just want to keep it simple and, and to be honest like coming that's what everywhere has its positives and negatives you know yeah. and down here you just need one one dirt bike and you just go racing and we have like the best tracks in the world uh we have great events we don't have a you know obviously population wise we don't have a massive depth so that's sort of against us a little bit but you know like aussie's just three hours away and yeah and i think obviously depth is a, is a lot better there and yeah i i think in this day and age it's still definitely you know going back to what we we're talking about it's still absolutely doable yeah but i think it probably comes down to that rider that the rider it's got to come from them not from the yeah. parent and i think i keep i see that a lot man it's just it's too often driven from the parent and not from mm. the rider and if the rider isn't driving it everyone else has got to be like the driver's the rider's got to be driving it and the rest have got to be in behind and they're like they're they're just soaking their energy up yeah it shouldn't be the other way around where you're trying to like like give the rider energy that's just it's it's just it's just um doomed for disaster and a lot of times too like you get those parents that like want to give their kid everything you they want them to ride every day they want to be homeschooled but it's like i feel like that um that want for more is what fuels you to be like a champion if you if you look around historically right if you historically look at the sport that that is where the majority of of champions come from yeah like i've thought about that and and talked to people about that recently uh quite a lot you know like uh historically our sport doesn't come from yeah financial uh it's a redneck sport basically it it is it's it's still that I still believe it's still that equal meeting point between man and machine. Like you can still go down to a, a dealership mm. now, buy a bike, get a bit of help setting up your suspension. You know, a four fifty in this day and age, you know, they have so much horsepower, and you can you can go out there, and if you're a good enough rider, you can race somewhat with the best riders in the world. Mm. You know, and that that sort of gives you, I think. Um, uh, an insight to, you couldn't you couldn't go and you know you couldn't get in a in a Commodore and go and race Scott McLaughlin and Shane no. Van Gisbergen and stuff. No. you know what I'm trying to put it in context yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. you know you, it's no, just not, right. not possible to do that whereas on a your dirt bike you could still go and have a crack at Eli Tomac within some mm. range you know on something well especially to get you to the level that you get sponsorship That's help right. yeah. you know like yeah. you might not be able to as joe blogs race with eli tomac because of like the infrastructure or whatever but mm. you can get to a point yeah. where you're showing so much 
speed, so much promise, Potential. so much de- determination. Yeah. And you're doing well to where that will get noticed. And Absolutely. that can come from anywhere, bro. Yep. That can come from yeah. Taupo, New Zealand. Yeah. Or that can come from Cortez, Colorado. And it doesn't cost you millions. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where I see a lot of it go wrong. Like people are pumping millions in and it's just it's the wrong way to do it because it's got to come again from that rider and they've mm. got to have that you know like Chad's a good example of that eh? like for sure he was a gritty a gritty young uh, rider from he's a mongrel yeah curry curry and and he he just drove that man like he had something in his sights and he mm. wanted to achieve that you know and yeah that's what we've got to see more of as opposed to people tipping in yeah tipping in you know hundreds of thousands to really achieve what are they achieving by that you know and man like burning you, burning you, gas you know yourself too like it's a it's a really fucked up sport for what injuries can do yeah. it's, you know what i mean like it's never a sound investment yeah because yeah. Yeah. the chances of making it even for a dude that was at the top of the world yeah. like you it can get taken away from you completely out of your control. Do you remember Nick Ewan? Do you remember him? He raced pro and he got paralyzed. He raced for Kawasaki in Australia. What was his name again? Nicky Irwin. Uh-huh. It was sort of like Hurley era. He yeah, was from okay. New Zealand. And he did the stats on what it what like the percentage of making it to being a pro rider and it's like Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like zero point zero zero something of of, of a percent you know to make it it's a, a lottery dude yeah like even yeah. with all the potential like you know yeah like for you for you like yeah. you fell short of goals that that you had mm. and it's like you're one of the best dudes yeah. ever like you've right you know motocross the nations moto wins obviously world championships like yeah. it's and it can be taken away like it it isn't smart money to just throw, no you know what exactly, i mean like yeah. even for a guy that is yeah. in the best one of the best in the world yeah. it's still not smart yeah. money and it's not smart money and it certainly it does not help the process either mm. there's no doubt dude about i it. remember like we didn't have a lot as kids we never had the best bikes i don't think i ever i don't think i had a new motorcycle until i was 19 or something like wow. that like 18 like yeah. I always had secondhand bikes like i spent my um i was gonna go to schoolies in 2007 i want to say when i graduated high school and I had three grand saved up, and then I didn't go to schoolies. I bought a I bought a all a two thousand and six two fifty F. Wow! I was like, "Fuck, no! Nah, I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna get a new bike." So it's like, but that to me, like, obviously, I never made it in motocross as a racer, but I made it in motocross. Like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? I got to travel the world for motocross. I got to go to all the races I dreamed of racing. It was in a different capacity, but I still think it was because man i was hungry right up until the day i left australia on that flight like i still didn't have the best cameras and i still didn't have money and i still like i was it was always this like it always felt like i had something to prove and i i had um you know like a a point to sort of prove because i was never given anything the whole time And, and i think it's like to your point even as a racer for yourself it was like you always that determination whereas if someone gave me a bunch of money and they gave me all the best camera gear and they it was like yeah just go do what you want to do man like, yeah yeah it yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't have been the same nah, like it's that adversity it, it, that, it, that drives you mm. yeah yeah absolutely and i you you know you see it that that is the common denominator if you ask mm. me definitely is well you look at like james stewart they come from nothing yeah ricky they mm. came from nothing yeah. travis like all those those guys like they really did yeah 
come from these obscure stories and these sure. rags yeah. to riches kind of absolutely but we're yeah. in a weird time now where that's not the case for a lot of people but i think like i mean eli is obviously one of the dudes at the top of sport he's been a factory rider since he was a kid but you were around them a lot to i think john kept him fairly grounded and, oh, and motivated yeah but yeah, ando yeah. didn't come from a lot yeah dean wilson didn't come from a lot yeah ken had a a very humble beginning, yeah well, you look you at Caroli and, and hurlings mm. you know they're, they're two very good examples of that and they're current you know current writers right now so yeah and like you said it probably has changed society has changed mm. to a certain respect and that and that so it's not um yeah p- potentially as hard yeah i don't yeah i don't know if that's the correct thing to say but it's certainly a little different world we live in now for yeah, sure definitely. yeah definitely mm. um so we'll get into a bit of your racing stuff then and like so when they, when we had this idea we were going to try and do this with you and and villo yeah that 2000 good. dude we'll, we'll do it at some point yeah, i'm sure yeah, it'll happen yeah, i'm yeah. sure it'll be out here next year um but yeah that season is like one of the craziest seasons of all time yeah. like how, do you do you spend much time like looking back on that now or like have you thought sort of uh, thought about it after i have recently fact? just because my boys have sort of uh, got to the age where they seem to be able to unlock my phone or iPad and watch YouTube and yeah, they, they okay. seem to um, do they get a kick out of watching ac- you yeah, yeah they do yeah they come across it they watch everything man yeah. from Ronnie Mac to like the that's a good what's example what's that new for Red Bull too. show thing what's it called I can't remember Taking on the World or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. something like that and, and then stuff from my racing they sort of watch everything so yeah. they have come across it lately and then I'll you know I'll be walking past and see it and, and watch it and I guess it's um it's a little bit of a uh, bittersweet thing for me to watch you know i fell short there i'm yeah. very proud of what i was gonna say like man yeah he obviously <laughs> fell short of the title but it's like dude how many people have done that with Villapoto? yeah the way yeah. that you did it was it was very cool and i guess the circumstance of circumstances of how it rolled out you know we were teammates and um you had, had a lot of respect for each other we raced mm. hard uh it was yeah it was really interesting dynamic being that we were teammates i guess and racing for a championship all the way to that be cool to it'd be cool to talk to mitch about it i'm sure at one mm. at one point yeah i'd know, love like, to actually yeah. at one point talk to him about but it. but yeah yeah it was yeah a little bit of sweet really i guess yeah. is what i can say because i obviously and man it was like i remember obviously like i was pulling for you through that series <laughs> and i remember being been well i mean i think i was like 18 when or 17 when that ha- was going down yeah but um it was uh it was could have so easily gone your way yeah i think at one point there we went three rounds in a row where we went out Two, tied yeah we went i think it was uh colorado washougal and melville yeah. we were we were tied dead even on points for one point of the season so yeah it was real yeah real interesting and and obviously at the time like you're so immersed in it but you know looking back it was yeah. it was pretty cool to be a part of how good did you feel on the bike amazing amazing like because you yeah. looked like yeah you talk about like um all the 2007 good and 2012 when i i didn't last too long that year but like is that the year you were in australia yeah. one that dude that yeah. was the that, yeah. i think that's the fastest i've ever seen someone yeah. ride a bike i uh because obviously i sort of had a bit of a turmoil uh 2011 
and then because um, 2010 was decent I'd had that that was the uh, Lucas Oil ride right yeah yeah yeah, yep. Yep, yep. so I'd had a pretty rough 08, 09 and 10 I got things back on track 11 it fell off a bit again and then 12 I was like I was I had a massive amount of um, you know fire in me yeah. to, like I was like I was kind of like 27 I was like right I want another five to seven years you know I wanna, I'd, yeah. I'd had a quite a bit of time off so I felt like You're I could extend my career yeah, on the yeah. other side type yeah. of thing so I yeah so I put a lot of effort in, and Konski sort of let me just basically control what I wanted to do with the bike you know yeah. like and I just had and that was a good bike I had right? an amazing package best 450 hands down ever for me personally really yeah and yeah. what was on yeah your pro circuit suspension nah no nah, I had I had a guy in New Plymouth um remember Shane King yeah, yeah so his old like race mechanic so he's like from one of those eras where you did the suspension the engine uh, yeah, you did like the whole the bike on your own you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. it's a little bit different to this era where you've got like yeah. you know, an engine guy a suspension guy and then a mechanic type yeah, of thing yeah and he he helped me build that bike like uh, there was Mike Lamman and then Lee Walker was my mechanic yeah. so they were both based in Melbourne but Mo, uh, Jimmy I call him God is uh he helped me sort of really massage that bike mm. and uh i kind of came from the mindset like there was no point investing all this money really which yuri said he would do if i wanted to get stuff from america and whatnot and i was like nah 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 like let's just we i don't feel like we we I know what that costs. Yeah. If you really want to do it properly, let's put that time, effort, energy, and, Into and just testing and, and doing it here locally. And yeah. we did that. And I, I hands down, I loved that bike. Absolutely really? loved it. And it showed. Yeah, man. You Dude, know, I remember. It showed. I remember because it was Kuna Barbrand where you crashed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember <laughs> watching you in, yeah. in practice there, just going like, "Fuck." Well, Con- Conondale, I believe, was the fastest oh, yeah, I ever rode a dirt bike. And I, and you know, like I'd had a really good. Uh, summer in New Zealand building up did the New Zealand Nationals yeah. and, and I was riding really well and then that thing with Chad came up and that just like just added fuel to the fire because mm. like and Villo was obviously on the top of his game at that point and you wanted and I wanted I wanted to go back eh? I wanted a bit of redemption eh? but I've never really talked about this to be honest yeah. because like it all just went up in smoke you know so just Dude, I remember standing there I was in the pits um, uh, under the JDR tent and did you was it in the first moto or was it in qualifying nah qualifying it was in qualifying I don't even really remember it that well to be fair like not that I got a head injury but but the whole thing was just a blur like it was obviously I was in that much pain they put me on meds and got Mm. me out of there but I remember standing under the tent and then someone just said oh Ben just crashed and I'd just walked off the track and I'd just gone back under the rig and then someone said Ben just crashed, and then we looked out, and I because it was it was off like a funky single yeah, thing. Yeah, little wasn't like it? from what I remember, you sort of went off the start, went left through some roller things, and there's the right bit of a table, and then a couple of switchbacks. Yeah, it and goes then there like was, in and around, and then, and then there jump was some out. like yeah. roller things. Yeah, and I think I framed one, and it caught the frame, and then the bike sort of went like that, and then I'm, there was another one, and then you know you're at that tipping point, mm. you're either like. I'm ride this out that far on the front wheel, or and then it just it just went that far far past the tipping point, and then it just pole drove me in and like foot, put my foot out like that, and it just dislocated my ear, just just pretty much just annihilated my uh, my left left hip. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, going back to where I was at, um, 
like in my mind i was going to the to hangtown which was two weeks later to win yeah There's, there was no doubt in my mind like wh- how i was mentally physically race shape you know like that was i was going to win i i uh, lived on a different property to what i do now so we we've just um it wasn't far from actually where i live now but i had my own practice track at my front door and i would come in like this is uh, i would come in and say my man i just love riding my bike because i just i was that at comfortable on it yeah. you know it was just one of those it was just one of those bikes that everything came together and um yeah like how we got to that point was really interesting right so i'd obviously been pro and and you know i raced factory bikes for uh, what was that 2012 so i'd raced factory bikes for pretty much seven years at that point right so then i was back in nz and and jimmy the guy that helped set set that bike up we we're at Broad, broadford with lee yeah yeah walker and mike lamman and uh and Yareeb. And they had Boydie's race bike and Water's race bike. And now that they had been the guys that had raced that 2011 the big season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Triple B. <laughs> and uh, they had both their race bikes. And apparently, I don't know, and this is where I'm leading with the story, that apparently those bikes were quite different, right? Yeah. And the whole idea was I would ride one yeah. or both of them, sorry, and then choose one of them and then and sort of go my direction from there. Yep. And Jimmy like was like, no, we're not doing that. And there was a stock bike there, and he was like, you're riding that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's put my bars on it. And he's like, no, no, just ride it like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I've never like I've never done this. You know, I come from like riding factory, factory bikes, dude. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is yeah, this is different. Anyway, we went out right, so rode it stock. Okay, put your bars on it. Yep, okay, right, right, put your tires on it, and and built that bike literally from stock to what it was, and it gave me a really really good understanding of exactly what changes i made and how they and why you made them yeah and how they benefited what i did and i tell you again it was yeah best bike i ever rode mate me and sleeter you should listen to the podcast i know you yeah. don't listen to him but you should listen to sleeter's podcast because he you know how he did the test ride thing for ktm yeah. for 14 years yeah so we were literally saying He's like, all these teams go to build these factory bikes and they give you the best package that they can give you from day one. Mm -hmm. And then they can maybe make that bike 3% better. That's in Sleater's words, right? And he literally said, I don't know why they don't just start off a stock bike Mm. and just lay the foundation and then build and build. And then every single part that that rider puts on that bike is going to be a better or a worse. Do we need this? Do we don't? But all of these teams seem like they just give them with the 52 mil forks and the yeah. you know the this best setup this best motor that and you don't and know you're not invested in the process you don't know why or how you got to that point mm. but yeah this was very, and then if it's a turd yeah then it's their fault yeah it's not yeah, your yeah, fault yeah, 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 but yeah. your bike in 2012 if yeah. that thing was a piece of shit that was yeah. your fault right i was probably at the age where i you know i was old enough to uh you know to really know what i needed yeah. i guess you know and if you go to the other end of the spectrum on that, is this getting a bit? No, 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 no. Uh, If you go to the other end of the spectrum on that, I believe that's what what was a real strength to PC to Pro Circuit at, at well, yeah, for a lot of their time is you go there and you, and you have a good. parameter yeah. of that much, right? And you can't go like factory Honda man. Your parameters like it's really, m- oh, it's massive. 
15 different shape front brakes and it's oh man i got lost really totally lost so with pc you go there and especially for those young guys the parameters even Mm. smaller you know like have you ever seen anyone run a fat bar at pc no no they don't let you that's your handlebars you've got three or four different versions you're changing bends not flex and shit you're running that yeah right yeah and I, I, i you know like obviously they had a strong bike and whatnot but like working with bones you know he he just sort of you know watch your weight and and whatnot and watch you and and that's your sort of package and you just go racing and you you saw people succeed before you yeah and then you went there and succeeded and then the people and it was just this constant just engine you know and um that that was a real different and then i went to honda so i went from that HRC and then so you just it's had like, like you can test 3,000 fucking you could, nipples on your tires you could just as you'd add unlimited resources there and now I got confused really confused and yeah. how then do you get lost in that and like is it really um, hard to even circle back to where you started yeah I think it was looking back on it yeah I think it was yeah yeah um, I think what compounded on that for me was that I'd come off injuries. Yeah. So you're trying to play catch up and you're not in great form and you're sort of, you're trying to go faster and build your speed at the same time and you're wondering if the parts you're testing, are they affecting that? And yeah, so there's probably a lot going, there was a lot going on at that time for me then, uh, to be fair. But still it was, um, yeah, it was there were too many options for sure and then that, that, I guess how we got to that point is because you know a couple of years later still on a Honda I rode a stock model and built it into something that was just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yeah. it yeah. seems like it yeah. just makes so much sense to do that as yeah. a po- because man the bikes are so good they now. are good yeah. they're so good they're even better now than 2012 oh, for sure you and know, dude like, like ja- a Yamaha and our KTM like 450s have so much horsepower just as a stock unit yeah. you know well that's what's funny like because um, Triple B old Todd Waters yeah. he went and rode for the factory team yeah. and he said that he liked the second the, the full privateer Honda better right because it was just slower yeah okay, and he's like yeah, but yeah. I went faster yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. he said at, at Honda yeah. they just wouldn't let him do anything like yeah, he, yeah. he had some clutch issues and he was struggling to get starts and then it, he could just couldn't get starts with the clutches that he had yeah, yeah. and they're like sorry dude mm. you interesting know? Eh? so it's like it, it, and I mean look at Jat's man Jat we went to Blue Wing Honda yesterday we picked up a bike yeah. he put his suspension on it some triple clamps the tyres that he likes and an ignition yeah. and it's got a pipe on it yeah. and that's what he's racing at the Supercross tomorrow night yeah. he's probably going to do pretty good they are pretty like as a stock stock trim now they are pretty good you know they don't spend I don't know millions yeah developing that bike for it to be a turd dude you know, like, you know what's so funny and, like, and, and, and you know some bikes certainly are better than than others like in stock trim but then some some models suit some mm, riders better than you know other yeah other riders as well but certainly yeah they certainly um are good bikes as a stock version for sure it's funny man like i remember being a kid and again it was like that have not thing right so yeah, we yeah. broke up on like <laughs> my bike was always way older way fucking slower never had good graphics i never you know none of it was cool and i just wanted to be one of the cool kids that was sponsored and you know their dads bought them everything and um and that was my dad's famous line man he was like 
Honda don't spend, because we always rode Hondas, he goes, Honda doesn't spend millions and millions of dollars so that you can go and put some fucking shit piston in this thing. He's like, leave it how it is. And he's like, you're not going to go any faster. And I was always like, I was always like, oh, he's such a dickhead. Uh, he doesn't know. I'm looking in Transworld and they're saying this pipe does you three more horsepower. And, and like, you know, you're just not getting out of the bikes what... You know, yeah. unless you're like you or you know yeah, these top yeah, level sure. guys like yeah. you're just not getting that out of it yeah yeah absolutely it's yeah it's it's just funny now that that then comes full circle yeah no it has it. and i'm honest about it. i mean like you know like it's uh I've, i'll give you an example i've just got off a 450 and gone to a 350 because like it's a hell of an amount of motorcycle to hang on to if you're not a full-time pro and now you're it's a trail rider it's a big better <laughs> big better horsepower to hang on to man so yeah they are very good yeah. um so we'll go go back to that like because your your career always has been like pretty injury riddled yep. like when you see guys that struggle with injuries like do you think that's just like a, a physical like a genetic thing to where like some guys break some guys don't is it just pure luck is it nah because I, I look at a dude like Malcolm know, right so like Malcolm rode for JDR fuck me i saw that dude have big crashes mm. and he always got up and yeah. he was never hurt and then other guys so it's like is it just luck is it you know a I genetic know, thing I, uh i i look at dean eh? like dean he's mm. been through the ringer man and if i i can i could compare myself a little bit to dean i believe it's through the decisions i made really mm. it was just like just errors of and it probably comes back to my personality of wanting too much, you know, taking too big a bite of the apple. Basically, yeah. is what it came down to. I, for, for me personally, uh, I don't know if that's the same for Dean, but um, yeah, it's. Is that harder or easier to deal with? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I don't think that I'll ever have be able to like accept it. To be fair, you know, like in my mind, I. I still, you know, ex- still wanted to achieve so much more, and mm. and uh, fell short, and so I'm, it's it's always gonna eat me up inside for sure. Um, Adia, I don't I don't think I'll ever get over it. But at the end of the day, like I'm, you know, I'm fairly healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a pretty good life. I don't have I don't have a lot to to be um, pissed off. Yeah, at. yeah. But, but obviously, like, as a racer, like as like that true racer, man. yeah, the competitor on me, like um, it's yeah, it sort of eats me up a bit for sure. So, yeah, that obviously then means like that says something about you as a person. If like all these years later, like yeah. you can tell that it's like there's like this something deep in you that's like really fucking off it still that like and that's know. what it comes back to that's probably where the 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 mistakes happen which then compound into injuries yeah like so yeah. once you get further and further into that hole of like i can achieve more i can achieve yeah. more you start taking those bigger bites of the apple right yeah exactly yeah 100 percent. yeah mm. so yeah that's i think for me personally that's where it came from I, it's hard to speak for other riders you'd have to get someone to speak to you completely honestly about it you know like mm. i am right now because really at the end of the day i made the error uh, which you know then compounded into injuries and if i look back that's what it came down to mm. and if you look at my my injury and and how they happen 99 percent of them happened 
at a practice track mm. and that was me just just trying to like just, just take that tongs. next little yeah. bite you know and so like when you're when as a racer it didn't really it didn't really happen as a racer mm. you know so that to me if i look back on that's the real that's the real mistakes that i made you know i was trying to really get too much out of um the weekdays and <laughs> and it wasn't you know uh, that that really bit me because then i wasn't there on on the on the mm. week weekends so mm. yeah i mean that's got to be like a hard balance though right because like obviously you're at home and then that's like your work like that's where the real work gets done yeah and then i that's a really interesting one for motocross a eh? because you have to do 99 percent of what you do on the weekends if you're not doing that right mm. you know you, the only thing you don't have really is the adrenaline factor when you're out monday to friday but you don't you don't see many other sports eh? like you don't no. see a boxer going 12 rounds just getting pounded or you don't see a rugby player i, I use rugby as a really good yep. analogy because you don't see them play 80 minutes three days a week they play it once every seven days man. yeah whereas we as racers like we will you know fly home sunday and, and do it at least at it. three days that week and probably do more than you do on a saturday mm. usually did i mean you saw dean's posts from last week he did 80 laps one day yeah he ain't gonna do 80 laps tomorrow what's no. he gonna do like 35 all up lucky so do you think that then dean is maybe in a similar spot to you to where he's doing so much because he feels I mean obviously it's hard to speak I don't know from. yeah it is hard to speak from I don't know but like, man, no. man maybe it's worth asking him yeah and yeah. just saying like hey man our careers have had some sort of parallel with injury yeah. because dude like you think about Dean man like he's one of my favourite people Wicked, like eh? hands down yeah. like he is a awesome fucking great sport, person eh? yeah and we go like a long ways back now and he's a guy that like fuck every time he gets hurt like I I really feel it you know because he's such a good person and man you remember that year when Eli and him were going back and forward and then Eli hit him which they were hitting each other yeah and then that's his shoulder and then from there it's just been one thing after another and it's like I wonder if anyone's ever spoken to him that in, that's in your position that is as good as you yeah. were as a racer and it, said like hey if this is what you're going through because I found myself wanting it every time I got hurt I wanted it more and more and more which led yeah. to me chasing more and it's like maybe he's going through a similar yeah, thing yeah potentially to you. you'd have to that person that rider is a lot of laps <laughs> that rider would have to be very open to mm. you know giving you a real insight to what their mental what they're mentally going through and especially at that moment I've had those injuries yeah to then get an understanding or you know to gauge actually or how and why that happened really so because it's, it's yeah, um, it does it is painful eh, seeing riders get injured like I especially when they're such good yeah, people yeah wicked eh yeah, yeah. wicked person Dean and, and he he's kind of you know I hope for him that he can get it back he can get to that point and achieve what he he could or should achieve um, but at the moment, he's you know he hasn't achieved you know what I definitely believe he can. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like, because obviously my dad's been Jats's mechanic this year, and this he had a fucking terrible Supercross season, like barely in the top ten. Yeah, and it's like there's yep. a dude that's won two Supercross championships yep. in a row, and then you know we we're all scratching our heads, like he was living with us, and and it was just you just saw this fucking defeated kid, and I mm. felt real bad for him, and everyone around him is 
knows what he's capable of and like I sort of said to everyone after well maybe the Coolum round maybe it was Coolum maybe it was Jimboomba I just said like man like this kid's been hurt a lot like he's had three shoulder reconstructions in like three years mm. and it's like as a as a racer like and especially being so young and you're seeing all these injuries and it's like it's gonna be fucking hard to go fast again right yeah I, I, it wasn't for me so you were on the opposite to where you didn't have a mental block with the no. injury speed wise you just yeah. went then maybe that's a bad thing as well <laughs> but I think they're both bad things really yeah. like because to be um, you know like obviously Jat's got the two wins at the last round of Supercross yeah. but it's like his season's fucked he doesn't have a ride for next year now as a result of it his yeah, whole year right. so it's like so the injury was bad and then in your case you'd come back go fucking ham yeah. and then get hurt and again, then it would be yeah. bad again yeah. so it's like man it as a like as we're talking about it looks like there's really no way to come back from an injury yeah. right no no yeah you gotta it's gotta gotta have a lot of self-control for mm. sure and, and and be measured and and, and that um process eh? yeah really measured did you who was like in your corner nah that's one thing that's a really interesting question like like so at one point I was with Alden but that um that went a little bit pear-shaped like him and Ricky like Ricky stopped racing and and whatnot and and then was, that didn't end well with Ricky right? nah nah I don't know is that is that public knowledge like I it, think it yeah is. like it didn't end that well and then well, because of motocross, sort of, it was like, like motocross and nations where it all came out, right? Because yeah, like he just struggled, and then he left, yeah. and then you left, and I think. It, well, I didn't. It sort of it got to the point where because I, I, I was I, at I love RC, Alden, like he's a good dude, so there's no. Negative. I was at RC's riding, and that's obviously where Alden was based, mm. and then it was kind of like real. How did you say that? Like awkward position, right? So things weren't really good, you know, with those two. But I was still going to have to keep riding there, and Alden was going to be with me, and it wasn't. Was you on PC then? Yeah, yeah. I was actually just going to Honda at the time. Okay. So it was the end of my first two years in America, and yeah, I probably didn't handle the situation well myself. But it was a very, very hard, difficult situation. Because you, know, you got as a Ricky pretty that you young to work person, with. and going back to what you just said, did you have anyone in your corner? No, I didn't. You know, like I had a. I came from a family that, you know, they're blue-collar people. They couldn't be there on the other side of the world mm. with me all the time. And to be fair, I don't know. Um, I think you need someone that's independent almost, not, yeah, not like sometimes a, yeah. your family. I reckon that's a real hamstring for Eli Tomac personally. But yeah, anyway, okay. that's another story. Um, yeah, I didn't have that one person. Like, like I had my wife, obviously. But even yeah, then, that's like not a third party. I still think that like you got to have a lot of respect for what Chad's achieved because he's done a lot of that sort of mm. just on his own decisions, you know. And I don't think the rest of the world can completely appreciate that because they have people, they have like their entourage with them all the time. It's such a double-edged sword though, right? Because like I think a great example is like Roger Larson and James yeah. and like that whole little ecosystem that James had and I think that that was a major hamstring for him in a way because like he had all these people like insulating him and I feel like they made it out to where like shit was more a big deal than it was to yeah, like yeah, justify absolutely. their paycheck yeah, sure, sure. but then yeah, if you're yeah, completely yeah. on your own then you're like not insulated from anything yeah. so and it's so like, going back to like what we're talking about with like you asked me did I have someone and I really the point of talking about like 
You didn't have anyone. I then. didn't have anyone. I made a bad decision leaving Eldon, but it was a really, really. I was young, and it was hard to, um, hard to hard situation. Like I was a rock in. and a hard place. RC and him were weren't on good terms, and certainly the whole Carmichael family weren't. You know, because like. Genie had X amount of laps he needed to do a week and Eldon had X mm. amount of training, you know, and there was always a man like that what that did that guy did was he was an animal. Ricky? Straight up animal. No, I, I got to see it from the very, very inside because I did what he did for two years. Really? <laughs> yeah, man, he was an animal. Because like like he was the oh, you, you know, you had that Stanton sort of era and then yeah. it went to like the McGrath party era era you know and then it went and then RC changed the game again right and that came from Eldon but not just from Eldon it came from his mum as well Mm. it's a there was a I don't think enough's been talked about that it was a 50-50 of both because she was like well you do X amount of laps per week it's gotta it's gotta transfer to to achieving on the weekend which it did and then you add in then you add in that off the bike factor and then it's got to be a fail-proof system right I th- yeah well, i mean i think we all see that now in this day and age after because what eldon does is pretty much what he did with ricky there's not yeah. a lot of science in it mate and that's not being disrespectful whatsoever it's just fucking work yeah man he come from the army and yeah. he is just he's like a lieutenant man Militant. you just get up and you do that same thing every day day in day out and you'll just see the but he learned about the motorcycle aspect from, from genie yeah anyway so going back we go can keep getting sidetracked no, that's the good thing about podcasts <laughs> is you can just go wherever the fuck you want <laughs> and you just sail for as long no, as it I takes i could sit here for hours eh, and talk about things no, it's, all, it's, it's so and i'm not a racer like, anywhere so i wouldn't get myself in hot water but i, I want to keep i want to have respect for yeah, people as well yeah and, that, so, and i'm the same like because alden unfortunately has come up a few times like even and it was <laughs> it's so funny like ando even the other day he's like yeah i just left uh, Florida because I just didn't want to be around Al and I told it I'm just sick of hanging out with you yeah, yeah. and it's like that's what I really respect about uh, and, uh, yeah fuck he's an animal that kid yeah, yeah. anyway so so anyway so you asked me about how did I have someone around and no I didn't and that and I, when, I look so back when, on that now and I didn't have a mentor like mm, and so was me. Ricky not like that for you no nah, not really or was it just like Josh were, was a little were you bit you guys like a sparring partner Josh yeah that's what Ricky had them like he had Goose and he, then he had Mike Brown and then he had Dungey after I left like you know, he, he had, just always had a sparring yeah, partner yeah, yeah yeah and that's what I was mm. and but um, so because I've and dude I fucking love RC but you're around him and it's like he's just jabbing at people all day all yeah, day yeah, everything's yeah, a contest yeah. everything's a jab everything's yeah, but like a he probably wasn't as much like that as a racer Mm. at times but like at most of the time he was just serious? tired okay yeah 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 that makes <laughs> like sense like going back to what we what we did on the daily eh? like he so what was an average day for you guys it, it, an average day during the week during the week was some yeah a lot of the time four sessions a day so a, a good session of yoga yeah so get out of bed a good session of yoga straight on your bicycle without food bicycle so your cardio for, for the for the day in the morning eat food finish like like Barely having your last spoonful yeah. of cereal in the car Lucy's packed lunch and then like your practice mechanics already left to water the track and get your bike prepped and whatnot yeah he's he's been there till like eight at, at the night before doing shit as well so you've got to have that guy because then you get there and just climb slide straight you might as well have just stayed in your gear anyway because you're yeah. there 
10 hours before so you get to the track suit up laps you know for x amount of laps eat lunch just you're probably sometimes eating that in the car go to the gym and then by the time you finish at the gym it's It's five o'clock and go home and eat and then go to bed and just you did that three days a week and was it like that for you and then then one day a week you did intervals and that's what changed the game for me intervals so what what do you mean by intervals so we got on a bicycle and we did and it was like like as stock as this you got on a bicycle did eight minutes warming up and then you had like a different range of either two minutes as hard as you could fucking possibly go (laughs) just all out and then a minute off and then it might be three minutes and then it might be two minutes again and and then you just did that so it was whatever on one minute off whatever on and and then and what he calls boot camp which everyone refers to in off season now you did that twice a week really yeah so tuesday and thursday you said that changed the game for you yeah you saw your fitness just go like skyrocket uh just because i i felt like um what changed the game what about it changed the game so i could handle that extreme intensity of racing a lot easier because i i I put my body through it in the weekend in the weekdays so mentally come sunday it it felt like a breeze rc rc always used to say Saturday or Sunday because I was back Sunday yeah, back then yeah. but Saturdays should be easier than Sundays yeah yeah. Uh, sorry yeah, weekdays should, should be, be easier than the weekends yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and so that saying. changed the game for me and I, I put a lot I yeah put a lot of that down to what I did with Alden with that because I and so were you like happy to stay with Alden but then I was pretty fried wanted to stay two years I was pretty fried so you, yeah, it wasn't the, the training it wasn't the it wasn't the off the bike workload it was doing the bike Both. and the and like I said, it was like. And did genie. you just did you just feel like locked in, like you didn't have any room to move sideways at all? And does that get as tiring as the workouts themselves? Uh, because to some people, like a regime like that just seems so fucked. Yeah, like I guess just like the, the same. It was kind of like that PC thing, right? I'd seen I'd seen Tedesco and dudes achieve with what the tools they had, and we'd all seen what RC had done. Was like, well, if I do that. On a PC bike, I'm bound to succeed, and mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, simple formula, eh? With a good team, with good people around me, with a good trainer, with good people around me, it's got to be a no-brainer, and it was. Could you see like your mentality, like, because I I think about like now I'm training now harder than I ever have in my life. So I do I do six days a week of like. And our sessions are fucked. Like, it's not, it's not good. Like, every day I'm coming home, my face is swollen from people, like, rubbing on my face and, like, everything's, everything hurts all the time. But I'm, I'm in this zone now where it's, like, my... I feel like it's, like, this... Even your mind is, like, this samurai sword. And you're just sharpening this blade. And it seems like every session you do... It's That's just a like, pretty good way of analogy. Because yeah. to, it's so I'll give you hard. a really good example of that. I had a tough round in Red Bud. It was like round six, I think, or round seven. Anyway, I, I, I got admitted to hospital. They thought I had... Um, Appendicitis or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. And, and anyway, and then they... Like, it wasn't really going anywhere. They couldn't find anything. I was still in a decent amount of pain. But I was like, well... If there's nothing wrong with me, then, then I'm, yeah. get me out of here, and I'll, you know, I'll just deal with the pain. And and I remember I got I started in front of RV in both motos, and then like I was, I wouldn't say I was in a heap of pain, but like I was, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable, right? 
but I can still remember moments then in that moto where like I was like so clear in my mind of like what you did this week mm. has put you in the position and I'm so, so I'm talking to myself and so clear in my mind that I'm strong enough to do this and that goes to that it's that sharpening of yeah. that, that sword because that's that's like yeah. and man I've never felt like that in my life and and it's because honest to God I've never tried this hard yeah. at anything in my life right and and now for whatever re- and maybe it's because I got sick a couple of years ago and I you know there was some there's some issues where like legit I could have died and maybe it's because of that experience as well to now I've it's I don't know it's like this new thing yeah but now and I've worked with athletes forever yeah, yeah and yeah. I'd see this but I never had it myself and right. now like there's even a point where like if you said to me before I started this training like go and do these sprints and what I just be like nah fuck off like yeah. I don't really want to do it yeah but there wasn't like maybe there wasn't a correlation between like that working and then winning yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like I don't know there's just it's just this new thing and it and it's given me a new respect for guys like yourself because <laughs> I think for people especially like I've been on the media side for, for 10 plus years right yeah and we get paid to like cover the sport without it having fuck all knowledge of like what it really takes to like achieve yeah something in that physical capacity yeah and i think like in this in, in recent times like the stuff that red bull has done mm. showing some more insight into what uh happens you know with um the training the and training and whatnot it's been great for people to get more of an understanding for mm. sure but yeah i don't even know where how we started this but sure uh, definitely like that that part of it um for me was a game changer for sure yeah yep. absolute game changer but so, oh, i think you just asked so would i have carried on yeah would you have stayed with well, that it, it's just, a really interesting i was fried man yeah. <laughs> i'd tell you about so he was training nikki hayden at the time as well oh really yeah and um it must have been a free stone was the second to last round and Dude, I, that's so gnarly that track and i just i got i got hammered i don't even think i got on the podium oh no I did yeah I got third maybe I think yeah, I can't really remember I did that was my worst round of the season that's what I can screw my championship really was mm. freestone but anyway and you just think you were just so, so, so anyway cool I got home and Alden was away with Nikki and at like uh, a, a GP in Europe right and I did nothing that week just nothing whatsoever just just like surf the couch as good as anybody anybody can <laughs> in the world yeah <laughs> you're a stoner for and a went to Glen Helen and was just back on my game and yeah. and, it, and I, I was pretty it, mm. and wasn't I think the um I think the real important factor to to really mention was I'd never done like I'd trained hard but I'd never coupled that together with so much riding yeah like right so what RC did was massive man and that's really i think probably was probably the biggest game changer for our sport is if you're able to um if you could take sub- it yeah what's the what's the word i'm looking like like um you know if you if you can sustain yeah that yeah. amount of laps with that amount of physical training you have to win yeah. you've got to yeah and i and that just i sort of got to that point but then my body wasn't as well tuned to that because Americans as kids they ride Way so more. much yeah. right so my body wasn't in tune with doing all that riding because when I was in Europe I was a good trainer physically like I I was around a really good bunch of people that 
physically train hard so I, I got that part of it there was no issue with me doing that with Alden whatsoever the intervals adding that in was just a little bit of a sweetener you know just yeah. really that helped me but then doing the riding and all of that together was what really elevated my but yeah at the end of that 07 man I was like whoa I'm worked so well, like you see and if like, you look at the history you see it yeah, yeah. took the words out of my mouth yeah, yeah. it's, it's RC Baba well I mean he didn't even last long with him but he Dungey, won when he was with him like you know like look at Roxon mm. you know like he didn't he wasn't having a bar of it for too long but at all but you know what man Roxon like this is the ultimate argument and like this has been a bit of a theme lately and I like I don't know whether it's good or bad that it's a bit of a theme but like I, I'm like really bummed that like we lose dudes at 27, 28 yeah but like you wanted to race till you were 35 yeah you should be able to race but till you were 35 that's a whole different discussion I don't believe mm. that yeah that I think that's me, a multitude of things I think it's too many races tracks are too technical yeah. I believe for the speed that our motorcycles go on that on those conditions mm. I, I had a really interesting like uh, I went out to do a media thing today with Justin Brayton. Yeah. And we talked for. Is this too loud now? No, no, no. We're good. Yeah. I'll we talk- keep, just for letting everyone know, people are rocking up to the party, but we're going to keep going as long as BT wants to keep talking. It's yeah, not every day you get the champion. I'm not too good at mingling, eh? So we'll just stay. So you're talking to Brayton? Yes, yeah, so I took. He's he's a wicked dude, eh? Like, I'm, I've. I haven't had much to do with him. He's going to come on the podcast, though. I love rooting for him because I raced against him. I don't really um, know him that well. Like yeah. In Tallahassee, when I raced, like, you didn't know anyone else, really, because you're in this you little... Because you in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. I knew RC, and that's about it, you know, like... And, uh... Yeah, anyway, so I was with Brayton for probably 45, an hour today, and we started talking about things, and... I, I root for him a lot because um, I love rooting for that underdog, underdog and, and he's, I, I love nice guys and yeah. I mean he's what you see is who he is because eh? yeah. a lot of the times what you see mm. ain't the, you'll know that mm. it ain't the same person so um, you know we had a really interesting discussion and I he, he asked me some really I thought interesting questions as a pro racer that no one like, of his caliber yeah. ever asked he's like what's it like for you now you know on the other side and i'm like well it's really interesting because i'm totally removed from america right so i'm yeah you're just a spectator at you this know point. I'm, I'm as far south as you can go in the world type of thing so i just watch it with my boys on sunday evening yeah and that's what i and i talk to a couple of people but i'm pretty useless with keeping in touch with people and so i said to him i have a really different view on it now as a as a fan as a spectator I just believe that the sport needs a shot in the arm and one of them for me personally is our motorcycles as 450s are so damn fast that the technicality of the tracks coupled together just ends in catastrophe too often, eh? Well, man, like when have you seen a Roxon crash? Mm. Before 05? Yeah. yeah when have true. you seen a That's crash a, I like haven't that? thought about that. When have yeah. you seen a dude yeah. just go fucking flying yeah. through a stadium yeah. with an over the bars yeah. of, like that shit was scary bro and was that hap- was that happening before 0405 I can't even watch that man like when it happened I, I covered my eyes mm. I haven't even I've never watched that crash fully yeah like it started to happen I like looked away I was it like, was oh, gnarly yeah, bro and like that's a 450 it. crash yeah yeah. you know and like look at how, ma- how many dudes like get- I know like a lot of pros like if, if if Chad was standing here right now, he would be like looking at me like, "What are you saying, man?" But I'm like, when you now sit on the other, lens, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking through a different lens, and and as we talked earlier, I'm looking through the lens of 
how do we make this sport better as well yeah and I, I, I so anyway going more in depth for this discussion with Brayton so I moved to America and you know uh, Sunday afternoon she'd sit down and because I was fried <laughs> I'd watch TV and watch NASCAR right and I was like, to begin with, I was like, man, this is the dumbest sport ever. These dudes go around in circles for hours, right? And I'm like, what, where's the excitement factor in this? But then as I got into it, what really, really stands out to me, right, is on any given weekend, a different driver can win. Mm. And that's what makes that sport so much bigger than Supercross, I personally believe, mm. right? Because as Brayton rightly pointed out, he was like one of the only other guys guys that won around last year yeah because d- normally we go on to anaheim it's just fever pitch eh? yeah. like absolute fever pitch and then you get through like three or four rounds a couple of different guys win and then that's it boom dude if it wasn't for the east west thing i wouldn't it's fucking so watch past numbers boring dude past six so boring it's crazy yeah eh? yeah like, they've got to change man I'm so outspoken about it, eh? Like, oh, massively I, I totally outspoken agree. about it. And I was interested in talking to Justin because a lot of pros don't like the don't triple crown, it, yeah. right? They, they're not really into it, you know? Like, I know Chad definitely isn't. You know, he, he's like, man... I, yeah, he like, even said that on the podcast. He's like, I just want to go do he's 20 a traditionalist, laps and go home. right? Yeah. But once you get and you look through a different view, the view I'm looking, I'm not even at the events. I'm just watching it as a spectator on TV, right? It's got to change, man. It yeah. has to change. We need guys like Brayton and Christian Craig, the two guys standing in front of me right now, Dean Wilson. We need more personalities. Like Dean Wilson is a perfect example, man. Oh, yeah. Massive personality. And and what and he's what? Driving to the first event of the year in his, in his own van? Shut what the, the fuck's yeah. going on yeah. there? Yeah. Hey. Like that, this, 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 I can't comprehend and like, that. And you talk, and, and and that's where our sport is wrong. It's mm. totally wrong. You've got you've got a guy like him, who's doing. I would I would like to say, he's because he knows what it takes to win. You know, he's been on the on he's that, won a championship. He's, nah, he's been on that inner circle mm. of of you know the Bakers, well, with Tyler Rattray, but sort of mm. you know in there. So he knows what he's doing. Ninety percent of what, yeah, yeah, he's doing ninety percent of what. Um, Who's Baker got at the moment? Oh, like Osborne and... Uh, yeah, right. He's yep. doing 90% of what they're doing. So it's not like he's falling short because he ain't doing enough. We need our sport to to allow more riders to succeed. We, we, we do. Ultimately do. Because we cannot grow to be bigger if I can only support Eli Two and Muskin. Because yeah. then how, how do you sit around a room with, with my family, right, and watch... And watch um, and what the Supercross of- and go, well, I'm going to choose Elon, I'm going to choose Musk. And what do the other five, who do they choose? So I became like a, so going back to the NASCAR thing, I became a huge Danny Hamlin fan because I, I personally liked him. And like him and RC and I could have a real, we Rivalry, could have good yeah, banter yeah. because he, I don't know, I think he was a Casey, he was a Casey Kane mm. fan, right? So he, he would like root for him and pull for him. And my guy would win every fifth or sixth round and Casey would win every fifth or sixth round but there was all these other guys winning and that's how that's how they've built that mm. and another thing I believe V8 supercars is hands down the best motorsport package in the world and that's because they've got they've got the teams involved man the mm. teams have to be partners in what's happening yeah it's that, that, that to me is an absolute no brainer like Feld need to have 
the industry bought into the series i believe yeah and but the thing is like that there's no incentive for them like it's just they, they got no. they got all the you know disney on ice and they got all these things yeah. it's just like a really small yeah it's a small wheel in a uh, small cog in the wheel you know what i mean so it's like ah, it's all good let them let them run around <laughs> um it's you know they're just such a small thing and like i think it's even what we we're saying about with like bailey and them it's like they yeah. know the industry that's all they've got this is their marquee thing yeah and the same with like the v8 supercar dudes like they need that shit to work fell don't they don't need nah. it to work and it's like and i mean power to them they've given us so much like, yeah sure you know sure what I mean? yeah, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't just disregard what they have done absolutely the times are changing man and now there's so much competition yeah. for people's it attention is. that's like, exactly what it is and that's yep. the problem and yep. and to what you were saying around like um and, you know, and i guess for me it's like i know i'm i'm passionate and whatnot and i'm from inside the sport but it is it is an I don't know. I don't know the word to use. It is w- one of the greatest sports on earth, for sure. But we're not getting that outside buy-in, and mm. we need that outside buy-in. So we've got to look. We've got to look at it and say, like, how, how, and why, or, or why are we not getting that? Yeah. And I, and and we need. We certainly need more winners, and we need less injuries. Well, you think too, right? It's interesting. Like, I know that like the the crashes are exciting and whatnot, but. We need them good. to be at a less yeah. severe standard. We need some takeouts in 180 ball turns. We don't need. That's what we need. We definitely bars. need more takeouts. Yeah. That's a whole other. That yeah. winds me up too. <laughs> well, it's you know what, man. It's really interesting that you said about. Like, we need rivalries, dude, for sure, yeah. man. And like, I'm I telling get you, so angry. Like, I've watched, I've watched Eli have, like five, like just obvious moments where he could have blown Muskin's door this summer, and he hasn't done it. It's no. like, dude. Just do it. And we're just living in this era where everything's been nerfed. Yeah, yeah, You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like just soft-shell fucking tacos everywhere. Yeah, it's like no one, no one wants to like... That's what I love about Ando. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. And, and we need that, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is like... He's a perfect example, Ando. Of like this yeah. modern-day yeah. guy that we yeah. need. He's yeah. fast. The, the thing... There's a couple things, right? So the, you've got like... Say, what, what is going to drive you to watch an event where it's like... It's like you've got thirty dudes or twenty dudes on the gate, but you know one or two of them is going to win. That's exactly you know? what I said to Brayton earlier. And it's yeah, like I had, I said, I said with all, with no disrespect to you, that's exactly how. And I that's why people like. get so pumped when he won Daytona because it was like, holy I, fuck, I, someone I, else won. Exactly, man. You're exactly right. You and, know, and I hate the fact that you've got dudes risking life and limb, and you got like three dudes earning squillions. And then like the rest, and then of them eighteen sort of, dudes and nothing, yeah, yeah. and Dean Wilson driving in a fucking van. Yeah. But I think like That's, so, so you, something's wrong there. Eh? Well, you just said like how hard it was for you. You did two years of that Alden program, which is what you were the top of the game at that point yeah. of time, yeah. and then you're done, right? So it's like we want to see more winners. Mm. All right, well let's take this extreme commitment to fitness mm. off the table. So if you're doing three ten lappers, do you have to be as fit? As well, what you have to be to send it so for It's so funny laps. you say that because J- Justin said, you know, like, if Dean gets back into form, he'll probably do well at one of those triple crowns. He'd probably win one. He, he, they, they were his words. Yeah. yeah. Do them fucking all yeah. like that. It's interesting then, that we're having this discussion because we, we had this for an I hour this earlier. Is on, this is on everyone's mind, dude. Yeah. Because the problem is, man. But I don't like, think, I don't know if the real top, top tier. But it, if it starts down here and you get dudes like, 
Brayton and yourself and you get people starting to put their hand up because no one wants to upset the apple cart right yeah especially especially when it's going good but now that people like Dean are getting fucked people you know even here Jats like our motocross series is just a joke so it's like the, all these people like you're gonna have three dudes mm. and then everyone's gonna start going like and like KTM's perfect example KTM sells more motorcycles than anybody in the industry and they're starting to see some shit go like back mm. a bit so if KTM's starting to go like ooh shit we're only gonna get two riders now yeah. and it's like if the dudes at the top are starting to pull back like it's the the thing that worries me right is it's like we're heading for a crash yeah like NASCAR Lowe's just pulled out like shit's going bad and it's because of the phones and it's because of YouTube and it's because of all these different outlets that are competing for people's attention yeah but it's yeah. like people now need to start going like we don't want to ride these super fast bikes we don't want to do these 20 lap main events we mm. want more people to win we want points for qualifying imagine if there was like points for qualifying you get a guy like Dino that goes then throws down and now all of a sudden has 8 points going into the weekend for the overall let's let's use supercars as an example of that right super pole right Superpole. Yep. I just said to Justin earlier, why the hell do we not have Superpole? How exciting is 10 dudes out there, right? So you've come from your qualifying, which none of the spectators in the stands or the see. TV have seen that day, right? So the opening ceremonies goes, you do some heat races, whatnot. You go through and then you've got your, 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 your top 10 qualifier. And so let's say Dino starts, he's the first to go because he's 10th, right? That's yep. how Supercars works, yep. isn't yep. it? Yep. Right? Imagine him taking it from 10th to pole and then getting points from that, you know? For like it, sure. How, how does that change the dynamic for the crowd, you know? Like, that's like you've got this guy sitting in a hot seat, you know, flames and shit like yeah. they do in America. And that, to me, is like parts of the and entertainment aspect that we need, but also from a rider's perspective is beneficial as well. We need to add these components. And now you add this, right? Dean doesn't have a ride. Mm. Dean goes to Lowe's or whoever yeah. and says, hey, man, yeah. I'm in the top 10 every weekend. Yeah. I'm, I put my bike and we get a minute lap time at yeah. our Supercross races and every single weekend I'm on TV for one whole minute. For one whole minute yeah. on NBC or ESPN or whatever the fuck, Fox Sports, yeah. my bike, my graphics, my number, my yeah, name yeah. is on TV. And then they go back to me when I'm in that hot seat so it's like it's giving people more shit to sell yeah and that's what's happened again I'm, I know I've used Brayton as an example that's what happened to him last year you know mm. like he was able to get that exposure yep. uh, through those couple of triple clowns triple crowns that he did well yep. and then obviously you know like we haven't even talked Daytona but obviously Daytona was a massive you know uh, factor in that as well but and it's like why do we need to race the same track every weekend yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, know why yeah. do we need like yeah, why do we need to see the same track, the same rhythms? The same, like, why can't we have four Daytonas? Yeah. Where it's like real weird setup. Give an oddball dude a chance to, yeah. to win. Like, yeah, sure. it's just this same I, I just, shit. I just personally want to see it a little simpler so mm. the racing's better, man. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll give you an example of that. I went to just over there, right? There's a place called Western Springs. So Western Springs held West, the Western, Western. <laughs> so they hold they held the first for three years running. This dude stumped up and got the rights to the world championship for speedway solos, you know, bikes, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went there, and um, 
and watch these dudes race, right? Those things are from like the dark ages, oh, man. Oh, bro, like, one like, gear, no clutch. Yeah, like old scores it gets. Fucking gnarly. Someone told me, like, to you like if you back off and you try to turn, you've got to get on the power to make them turn. Like, you can't turn them if you're not. Oh, like, no, they're, on they're them. roaches, bro. Yeah, yeah, you just steer them with the wheel. Yeah, like, anyway, all power. I went there, right? So they race for two minutes at a time. There's only four bikes on the track, right? And they do two corners. There's no obstacles. And you were shitting your and pants And I was the on the time. edge of my seat. Like, <laughs> oh, this is... Yeah, yeah. We go to Anaheim, right? We pack in 6,000 tonnes of dirt. There's 15 corners, 60 obstacles. I don't know. You know, I might be a little no, bit exaggerating saying, yeah, it. Yeah. And, and a dude wins by 20 seconds. And, and half the stadium... Is left gone. on lap fifteen. Yeah, what's that telling you? Something isn't right. And you look at the tracks we want back them. In the day. We want the spectators to be there twenty minutes afterwards because they're because two dudes are having it. a like yeah. like they're having a knuckle off because they've like it's come down to like that much difference between the win. You know, like something something ain't. No, nah, it's not. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking Mate, at it weird. Every, everyone, everyone is talking about it. At the yeah, moment. we and need I mean, to simplify the tracks. I believe. Mm. I, I know a lot of top pros and and in America wouldn't they because would they don't want to risk weird. losing. Man, they, like, they would. They think that's weird. But there's only but two dudes. Like there's like only the, two or three dudes that'll risk losing. Yeah. At the end of the day, we. I want to see the other seventeen. Yeah. And they, because of that change, they would. Yeah. We ne- if we simplify it, the racing is going to be better. There, mm. There's no doubt about it. And that came, that for me, came from watching that speedway. Yeah. That's the simplest form of motorsport other than drag racing that you can get. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. On like, two wheels. And we talk about Daytona as like this mythical track. Because why? Because it always produces crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, that's right. And yeah. it's like, why? It's different. Yeah, it's it's different. so different. You so hit the like, nail on the head, really. Why can't we do yeah. t- 10 of those? Yeah, yeah. It's an 18-round series, which is too long. But like, why can't we do 10 Daytonas? Mm. And it's not yeah, like they have to be... Like that. You know, it's not like they have to be sand. Like, why can't yeah, they yeah. just be other shit? Just different. And like, look yeah. at what the GP did by going to that indie... What was it? Where did they go? Yeah, Indianapolis, yeah, 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 sort of. Yeah, yeah. That um, is sick. Yeah. No, the one in the Netherlands. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. where Jeffrey? Assen. Yeah, Assen. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. can't we do that? Yeah, yeah. Why does it have to and be? And that's kind of a little bit like NASCAR do it. So mm. they've got oval, oval, oval track, oval, yeah. oval, oval track. You know, so that's it's it's similar in that respect, I believe. But we it always throws the curveball in there, eh? Yeah, and yeah. we always talk about Daytona. Yeah. Someone random always wins it. Yeah, Something sure. crazy always. Something goes crazy down. happens. Yeah. You know, well, I just think that. Uh, you know, it probably gets said too often. If you do the same thing, you'll always get the same result. Like. Mm. The World Supercross Championship needs a shot on the arm, I believe. Mm. I, I just want to see, I want to see it be bigger in a respect like that. We have the outside of the industry, not just Monster and Red Bull. Mm. Like we, we, we're getting lows, you know, or what do we call it here? Bunnings and yeah. Mega Mite of Ten, and I don't know. Give me some, you know, some big sort of mainstream brands here. Like we want yeah, them in the sport because they're getting exposure, and and I don't. We've never cracked that. No. So let's figure out how we can do that. And I I guess I've given my opinion on it. I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear other people's opinion. You know, like I'm not saying, oh, that's the only way to do it. But, but at least I think let's have a crack, yeah. man. You know, like that's for me something that 
Yeah. I, I And you look again to the event that's going on. I think down. about it a lot. Yeah. A that's, lot. It's cool yeah, that you yeah, still yeah. do, man. Yeah. And it obviously like it goes to show like if a guy like yourself that's a past champion is bummed in a sense with how the sport's going, then like obviously there's something wrong, right? Mm. I just yeah, I want to I want to see more winners, man. Mm. Like I really do. I want to see It's so much more I'll, exciting, and, dude. And I want to see dudes get financial benefit from that like yeah. we it's it's a gnarly sport and to be driving your own van to the race to be one of the best dudes in the world it's just not stacking up to and me, like man. you said before too like that zero 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 one percent of someone makes it yeah so you're in so it's like so you go and you explain this to someone completely random you're like all right so i'm in the zero 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 point one percent of planet earth that can get Jeez. How did that end up on the wall? That was a big off. Um, so, you're, so you're in like the one that you know that tiny margin, and you're explaining to someone that knows like nothing about Supercross or whatever, and then you're saying like, yeah, so I'm one of the best dudes ever. There's like um, seven billion people. I'm like one of twenty dudes that makes this race, right? And they're like, oh man, you must get paid bank. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're explaining it to someone that had no idea yeah, about probably Supercross. probably brings a little bit of context to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm one of 20 people yeah. on planet Earth that can race inside this stadium and, and <laughs> on, do this. On that weekend. And I'm <laughs> one of five people out of seven billion yeah. that can has a chance to really win. And then they're like, fuck, man, you're a boss, eh? You must I'm not it. very good at maths, but that'll be an absolute minuscule percentage. It's insane. And then yeah. that person would go like, damn, what do you make a year for doing that? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, I actually don't have a job. Like, I'm actually unemployed to do that. You'd yeah. be like... Dean Wilson. Yeah, exactly. You'd be yeah. like, how the fuck does that work? You, yeah. you just said you're one of the best dudes in the world. You're I've one probably of- had enough of a rant, but that just that yeah. sums it up yeah. to me. Where do we go from here? Yeah, I've... There's so much more shit we could talk about. Yeah, I don't know, is it too loud for you now? No, no, it's fine. If yeah, you want to keep going, we can keep yeah, going. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep going for sure. Um, I've just got to go to the basketball and half an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, we can, yeah you just tell me where we can shut it down. People we'll have will, to probably carry on Sunday, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to get finished. Yeah, there's t- the dude, <laughs> man, like we could do this for so yeah, long. I, I, I really enjoy it, eh? Like I probably... It's cool too because like not a lot of people get to hear from you in this capacity these yeah, days. Yeah, and and to be fair, like I don't know if people want to or not, Dude, but I've had a lot of messages when I said that you were going to come on here. Yeah, and I, I probably give an interesting perspective, perspective as well. Yeah, you know, like I'm pretty raw. Like I don't, I don't beat around the bush too much. You yeah. know, and uh, you probably just heard that a little bit with what I've had to say about mm. my experience with. Um, you know, in Florida there, yeah. you know, with Carmichael's and that. And well, I mean, RC was very good to me. Yeah. Very good to me. He didn't uh, so much mentor me, but just, um, he just. Being around that. They opened of, up and just allowed me to just, yeah. just do what he did, you know. How did it come about? Um, how did it come about? Um, there was, remember the. Um, Remember the what were those movie the the still mo- uh, oh the moto no 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 the, the ones great outdoors great outdoors yeah. yeah and there was a little bit of an insight one time and just show what he was doing yeah and I had a manager at the time and when I was going to uh, when I made the move and I'd signed with Mitch I was like to my manager how would I get involved and oh that's in, cool and something so like that like you know and he he's a sapper my manager and obviously Eldon's a sapper and. They sort of connected in that, and uh, I think Mike Brown had just finished 
doing the same type of thing yeah. that I, you know, like RC always had someone there as a, what'd you call like it earlier? Sparring yeah, partner. yeah, sparring partner. That, he always had that, and Mike Brown had just finished, so there was a hole there on opening. Yeah. But he'd never done it with Eldon. Obviously, that was mm. the big thing that I saw the opportunity. I was like, could I train with Eldon? And so then they worked in that I could and whatnot. And yeah, that's how that started. You know, I, I was pretty keen to. Mm, so you I actually had out. spent a bit of time in California, and I wasn't that. Um, I can't see you liking it. I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't that uh, fond of it. <laughs> yeah, but that was a big mistake I made. I should have spent the first year there. That was a big mistake. So wh- why do you think that? Because I didn't get to spend enough time with my team, working with relevant or riding with riders of relevant speed. Yeah. I went straight to the like the highest gnarliest dude of, of all time. That's how we talk about him. And like he was laughing me, man, while we were, like really? twice while we were doing motos. And I was his whoops were massive, you know, and like I was I, I was on struggle show. I should never have done that the first year. I really? should have done the first year in California. Every every person that ever asked me for advice, you know, young guys about going to the US, go to California. You've got so many tracks. At that time, RC only had one track. She just rode the same track just day in, day out. And it was just, it was too big of a step going from Europe, you know, just riding sand tracks because I lived in Belgium, Mm. to then all of a sudden riding like, you know, Anaheim spec. Just, just like, it was just the gnarly shit straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So I, I, yeah, so that was, um, I was out of my depth at that point because. I was doing all the laps with RC and all the training with Alden, and it was just I was just out of my depth. It's there. gnarly that you made it work, though. Yeah, yeah. It would. It took me a year that's to make like, it. It took like me a, a year to make it work. A, a year. So, oh, so you think that it set you backwards at the start? Like oh, that definitely, first year without it a doubt, hundred percent. Huh. Yeah. But then after a year, because I wasn't around body. my team to like, like with Bones and Mitch and my mechanic to sort of just take those baby steps yeah. i just took a leap man and i was just like hanging on just fucking just hanging on with my fingernails and and yeah. then like what was the process of seeing your speed slowly like ramp up uh like when you obviously they said like you got lapped twice and then you staying on the same lap like you could sort of see the improvement over time obviously yeah my uh, super cross wise i never got to a similar speed no, he's a <laughs> and i was i was never a good practicer and that goes back to uh, those injuries I was always wanting too much from practicing but I was just never a good practicer just what for whatever reason you know remember Tommy Hahn mm. um, sometimes when I was in California we would uh, ride practice together yeah and he would just own me every single time we rode we practiced track rode together yeah but then come the weekend he never beat me once ever dude there's so, like some guys like that like do you remember Lewis Stewart Aussie dude nah he rode lights man I used to live in Melbourne and I'd see him at these practice tracks just fucking murdering people yeah. and then yeah. I saw him win one race yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah. crazy well, Cody Cooper's Cody Cooper's like yeah that. dude you hear yeah. that story yeah. like that about Coops too eh? yeah he's very very fast like on one track in particular like you know if Eli showed up there now a motocross track right like he'd have he'd have something for him really <laughs> yeah Dude, that, that yeah. moto between him and James at Unadilla was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. were you just watch, were you there? Yeah, actually? I was on the side. I was cheering, man, like fully dressed in HRC clothing, eh? And I'm like swinging off a towel for a Suzuki runner. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, like, 
because he was living with me. Yeah, he, I was um, going to say, like, yeah. the fa- it's his family, right? Yeah, he was. He is family. Yeah, he lost his father when he was real young, and he know. sort of had a real wayward journey, you know. And uh, we just obviously grew up racing together, so we were. We weren't. Or we probably weren't even mates. We just were. I know we were competitors. Yeah. You know, like we raced pretty hammer and tong. Anyway, like obviously he went through his later teenage years and then he transitioned into Aussie and then I don't know how or why but we just sort of um, you know we started sort of hanging out together and that and he wanted to come over and do a couple of nationals and that's when I was sort of in a position where I could help him and I did and then he did really well he qualified on pole at Glen Helen that was the year Langston won that championship and that morning he like set fastest (laughs) fastest time like people are looking at this Who thing hey, who's this guy 902 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then, and uh and then that obviously from that very day that sort of set him up for that 2008 year on the suzuki yeah and uh he just that he just fit like a glove on that bike man coops is real he needs real picky yeah. like he's real fanatical about his setup but he just he had a he had a kiwi mechanic that he had trust in and um and they just sort of everything just came together he, he rode rg3 suspension yeah I and that guy's that. a kiwi yeah so everything just sort of fell into place and he rode well eh? He rode really well it looked like though when he went to jgr that being on a factory team and all that pressure yeah. and it just it just the bike I don't well think that bike i think like i think probably a major factor in that is he had to move to, to north carolina You're getting oh, summons. I think all day. What's that? Oh, all right. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. We gotta get yeah. Yeah, cool. That's right. Yeah. All right. Righto, Ben. We're getting we're getting told to get off here. Thanks, um, thanks, mate. Appreciate yeah, it. We'll, we'll carry do it again. On. We'll do it again. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Sunday, maybe another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, another yeah. trip to NZ. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a heap of time tomorrow, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so well, we're doing the thing on the, on the couch tomorrow, so yeah, sweet. we'll figure it out. Thanks, thanks, okay. dude. It was awesome. Nah, awesome. Enjoyed it. Sweet, brother.